Hello and welcome to the latest from Heart Standard. My name is Joe Sked, and once again, I apologise for being slightly later than the uh, four five of time that we originally planned. But I was trying to get back from Gorgi um, because of a physio on my duff Achilles. But uh, less about that and more about Hearts Dundee. I am, of course, joined by my colleague James Kearney as we look back at Heart and Loving's three two comeback win over Dundee at Tynecastle Park on Tuesday evening. It means that Hearts are now eight points clear in third place in the Scottish Premiership ahead of Kilmarnock and St Mirren. That could change tonight, I believe, uh, if because Hibs are playing against Rangers at Easter Road and if they were to... Um, no, I wouldn't. We, there's, there's, an eight, there's an eight point gap. That's it. There's an eight point gap. No matter what happens, uh, what happens tonight, but uh, the Hibs and Aberdeen games. Hearts are eight points ahead of Kelly, and then St Mirren are two points further back. Hibs, just for reference, are 14 points behind, and Aberdeen are 16 points behind. So, James, you watched, you've watched the game back. Is there, is there anything that on the second watch back really stood out for you, surprised you that maybe didn't in the, in the, in the first one? Um, well, I guess the, the obvious thing is, of course, it was a game of two halves, very much so. Um, obviously, the the change, the system changed at half time to a back to like a four three three, and that Hearts got a lot of joy with that. Uh, something that I probably didn't notice last night, but did on the second viewing was uh, Kenneth Vargas and Alan Forrest. Just the way that they played, they were actually at times they were quite not, they were really quite wide and waiting for the waiting to get the ball out wide and like really hugging the touchline try and beat their man, get across into the box. And if that happened, the other one would then push into the box as well, which would then leave the other fullback completely free. So, for instance, like, uh, Lembekis's goal is a perfect example where Oda, at this point, Oda's on the park uh, uh, for Vargas, but he's already drifted inside. He's occupied a defender. It leaves Lembekis at the back post with absolutely nobody near him. And that that those kind of opportunities just kept on popping up. And the, the final ball wasn't always there. But in terms of the way the Hearts were attacking and creating chances, it was great. Um, also, yeah, of course, massive shout out to Macaulay Tate. Um, we all know he had a brilliant game yesterday. Um, I didn't quite realise, I don't think, just how good he was. He was absolutely sensational. Uh, I think the thing that really impressed me about him was, obviously, the use of the ball was fantastic, but the little pockets of space that he was able to find in the middle of the park, kind of in between the Dundee midfield and defensive lines, it was just superb and it was like utterly, utterly key to Hearts getting back into the game and finding a way to win it. Um, you know, I think the uh, certainly the first two goals, he had a massive uh, hand in both of them in the build-up play. And then um, he was just absolutely superb. He was everywhere for Hearts. So, yeah, I think that... Um, I don't think we touched on Tate too much in the instant analysis yesterday after the game initially, mm. but certainly watching the game back, <clears throat> it was a remarkable performance for an 18-year-old to put in, particularly in a situation when Hearts are 2-0 down at home and it's you know it's not an easy game to walk into. You know, the weather's terrible, it's raining, it's windy, you know, the pressure's on, you know, there's maybe a couple of grumbles in the crowd and he just absolutely took the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, I thought I thought that as well, that we didn't make a, a massive deal of it just because you're, uh, you're, we're kind of both working at the same time, so you're, you're juggling two things, and then there was there was you'd already started writing stuff, so there was a few obvi- more obvious things, and then um, 
you, you you appreciated what he came on and 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 did, and then it's only on kind of hindsight or a second watch back. Like he was so important, and that's what Naismith called him. He called him the catalyst for uh, for that second half uh, second half performance. So because you look you look at the uh, kind of two ways that we first of the the change in formation was was a was was a big one. Uh, then even though it didn't start off great, I didn't think in the second half, and then Newhoff's goal was another big. Uh, like, big moment in that Hearts again didn't look like creating much, scoring much, and then shooting from distance. Uh, I go from distance. I know we've we've had this discussion before about um about because of the low quality chances, but sometimes you just do have to have to ping one in from distance and then the you got that from then you just think just Shanklin missed penalties knocked the stuff in at the team but then they come back again and again and the take coming on from uh, Beningame was really key to that because he did he played higher up the park. Yes, that's just maybe just the way that the game unfolded because Dundee maybe got dropped a bit deeper. But he was, he was, he put in the performance that Hearts needed that Benny, for all these qualities, didn't give Hearts for the type he was on the pitch. No, that's exactly right. I mean, we know that, like, we all know about like, Beningham's qualities. He's an excellent player, but he's not exactly the guy you need on the park when you're 2-0 down chasing a game. You know, that that's not as mad. You know, he's he's the guy, you know, keeps the ball, does the sensible thing, doesn't take too many risks, but he's not particularly forward thinking. And, you know, that's just not what Hearts needed. <clears throat> Obviously, his injury was really unfortunate. Um, and that, that's the other thing as well. You know, it wasn't by design that Tate came on. Like, perhaps he was about to come on anyway. We don't know. Because, you know, it was approaching error mark. That's when Naismith likes to change personnel. But certainly, you know, it's, it's a very happy accident for and for hearts that he did get on because he was just so forward thinking so happy to get get on the ball and try and make things happen um i thought his ball retention was brilliant um the fact the speed of play as well was fantastic uh i, I was watching the game back earlier and i tried to keep tally of how many of his passes were first time passes so he had 25 passes altogether mm. and 10 of them were first time so that's 40 percent. which I, I wasn't keeping track of anyone else but that's got to be the highest in the park yeah, yeah. got to be it was, it was absolutely brilliant um, the other thing is that he only missed two. He only misplaced. I think it was two passes, perhaps three out of those. So he had about ninety-two percent passing accuracy. Again, absolutely superb. Particularly when half of those passes were coming in the final third as well. So he was really composed in terms of his ball distribution. And there was also just the way he was using his body and like he was quite happy to dribble with the ball as well at times. So there's times we'd have the ball, a man bearing down on him, we just quickly shimmy past him, and then all of a sudden the, the space opens up for him to get the pass away. There's another moment uh, in the second half where he gets the ball at the halfway line, drives all the way to the edge of the box, the Dundee box, essentially, before just shifting out to Lembekisa, um, who's, in, again, in acres of space. So I just thought that it was his, his ability to kind of drive the ball was brilliant, but it was really the way he was passing it. And crucially, when he chose when to pass it as well, because he was there were all, he had options in front of him a lot of the time, but he was always releasing it at a point when, uh, the man he was playing it to was completely unmarked or free, and that made such a huge, huge difference. Um, and it really helped Harps get out the park. Yeah, I just I, what you talked about there with Kate with Tate was what I've uh, what I've seen him from when I've watched the B team and what I was expecting that like, he would bring to uh, bring to the, the the first team. I've spoken I spoke to Naismith about him a few weeks ago, and he he raved about him. Sees him as a number six, but he talked about that he's he's, he's not the strongest, so he needs to be quick. He needs to be mm. quick with uh, with his movement, and he needs to be quick in the head. And you see that. And we saw the anyone who went to the, the present uh, presentation with the coaches. 
they put up the GPS uh, GPS uh, data and from from a training session and it showed that Tate was um, had the highest max what's highest speed with his sprints. He had a, he covered a lot of distance with his sprints, so he's got that and it's encouraging to see him just having having watched him. In the game, in the B team, you'd get the ball. You know, if there was nothing on for a pass, you'd want to carry it and bring mm. that into the bring it into the first team fold is massive because if if you can get a player who can evade uh, evade pressure by with a drop of the shoulder, then that opens up opens up teams who sit in deep and uh, just uh, and especially it opens up for a player who can then find the pass. It's it's, it's hugely encouraging. So it's um I'm not sure someone asked about uh about Benny's injury. I'll uh, I'll, I'll pop the question and see who it was. Uh, Glenn Glenn uh, Glenn asked about um indication how t- serious Benny's injury is. Uh no, um there was no um there's no indication after the game. We asked Naismith, uh, Naismith about it, but I think it was too early to uh, too early to say. But the thing is if if Benny's out, I don't think on that performance last night, you would have any issues throwing Tate into what was a really what is a really big game against Aberdeen on Saturday. No, I don't think you could. You know, um, because obviously as well, Denham had to come off injured. He, again, he's obviously a doubt as well. So there's every chance that Tate will find himself in the starting eleven against Aberdeen. But he's shown that he's ready. I think. You know, I, I think the one thing I would notice is from watching the game back, it wasn't. Um, Oh, like he wasn't put under pressure loads of the time, but there were occasions mm. where he was and he handled it well. But a lot of the time, he he was get, receiving the ball in in space, and now obviously that's a good thing in its own. And that you know yeah. he's finding that space and getting into it. But it is a little caveat of you know okay, but has he got can he do it if he's got Graham Shinney you know right up his backside, you know biting at his ankles? Maybe maybe not. We don't know. But again, there's only one way to find out. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought he was really 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 impressive. <laughs> and, and, when he came back on, when he when he came on, he did completely turn the game in Hearts' favour. Um, well, him and probably Dexter Lembakisa as well. I guess we should probably talk about him, right? Because we'll come we'll come, on to, we'll come on to talk about him because we'll right. we'll, we'll jump back. We'll jump back to the. We'll look back at the first half because again that was um, wasn't the greatest. But at times, I thought I didn't think we'd started that bad. I didn't think Hearts started uh, started badly, and I think the Liam makes Liam makes a really good point in the in the comments that. Um, people are knowing that dis- disrupted with injuries and had to shuffle about uh, throughout the first half. I did think that Denham going off did have a wee impact with the balance mm. of the, uh, the balance of the team. Went from a three-five-two to three-four-three. Three. It didn't really didn't really work. Then you had Cochrane probably didn't have his best game. He went off at um, half time. Then you had Benny. So there was, there was a lot of sh- shuffling around to do, and they adapted adapted well to, uh, well to it. Oh, well, I think that it's certainly you're right. I mean, I think see the opening 10, 15 minutes, the hearts were absolutely fine. There was nothing wrong. They were even getting some joy down the left through Denham. When he came off or when he picked up his knock, that stopped happening as much. And then whether it was Kenneth Vargas drifting out to the left, whether it was Alan Forrest getting it, whether it was Alex Cochran pushing up, anything thereafter when Hearts tried to attack down the left, it always ended in the man just turning back on himself, playing it back, playing taking the easy option. Just Hearts just whatever they tried, they just could not get in behind that side at all. Um, and that, that was a big, really big problem in terms of the build-up play. Obviously, both of the goals were entirely preventable. We know that. Yes. Like, anyone who's seen the game could watch that. You know, we won't, we won't go into detail watching it, but certainly the first goal... But that's been, that's, um, been, that's, been a, that, that's kind of been the story of conceding goals this season, largely for Hearts, is that being kind of masters on the downfall, they've made it easy for opposition teams. Opposition teams really haven't had to work too hard to... Uh, 
when when they have scored, they've not had to work actually that hard to score. Oh, Even definitely. though Hearts have got a good defensive record. No, definitely. It was really, really slack and really lapsed. I mean, the first goal, yes, it's marginal because there's really not much in it. It's just Kingsley's chewing leg. It's playing Bakayoko on side. But the fact that when the ball gets cut back to McGee on the edge of the box, like, nobody's near him. Nobody's mm. near him at all. You know, he's got about 10, it's, there's nobody within 10 yards of him, I, I wouldn't have said. Okay, it's a brilliant finish. It's the first time. It's fantastic. But even still, there should be someone applying some sort of pressure to the ball there. You've got to. The second goal, I mean, where'd you begin? <laughs> you know, it's again, the throw-in's poor. The switch over from Cochran's short. Len Bikisa does not cover himself in glory initially. Kent then rushes out to try and cover for him. He gets easily passed, bypassed, and it's an easy finish again. So again, yeah, really frustrating goals to concede. Goals out of kind of out of nothing. And all of a sudden, at that point, it becomes a really difficult game. And like, we, like we've kind of touched on earlier, when you've got that um, midfield of like, you know, particularly something like Beningame, where there's not much penetration there, it can quickly get a bit stale, as, we, as we've seen at times this, at Tynecastle this season. We know all about that. And barring Lembekisa down the right hand side, nobody was really like showing much at all in, in the first half. It, certainly not any intent, anyway. Whereas Lembekisa was every time he got the ball was trying to do something which didn't always pay off. Uh, some of his passes were uh, interesting, to say the least. <laughs> but, um, Addressing we weren't erratic. Yep, yep. Yeah. So uh, some some of them some of them were that, yeah not not the best. But to his credit, every time he got the ball, he was trying something. And yeah. He gave Dara Costello an absolutely torrid time. I thought in that in that wing. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to just speaking uh, about him when we get to this, the, the second half in general, like what he brings to what he brings to the Hearts team. Just on the, the the first half, and I spoke to a few fans on social media yesterday, uh, last night, and they were replying about the back three, and I I think there's there's there was a, there was a lot of reactionary uh, views to how the how the game unfolded, and it was like, oh, this is the back three. Why are we not playing a back four? At home, why we um, they were with Dundee only having one man up front, or uh, the back the back four makes Hearts look more solid. I kind of disagree because Hearts of the best form has been in the back three. Uh, the reason from the change to the back uh, from the back four to the back three was because to provide a bit more defensive solidity, and then um, you actually look at Dundee's two goals. Before each of those goals, Hearts had a good chance. Kingsley's header, Shankland when he skied, uh, yeah. skied over the bar. So there was um, there was opportunity, yeah. And then it just it, the, the, the half got away from the, the half got away from Hearts completely. So the, the Nace will have to be credited for making that switch and being proactive at half time. But I, at the same time, I don't think it's a case of oh, let's never play. The back three at home again. I think there's there's, there's a time and a place, and sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work. No, yes, yeah, it's not quite as extreme as that. But I think that if we're going to give Naismith credit for changing the system at halftime and realizing where it was going wrong, which I think we should, then I think it's only fair to say as well that the team set up to begin with probably wasn't the best. Probably, I don't think it was right. You know, I I, I think I disagree there. I think I understand the, what you're saying. Like, just because you're playing a back three doesn't mean you're playing defensively. Mm. But I do think that. Um, it was perhaps a little cautious because we saw we all saw the change at, at halftime when when <clears throat> Hearts did get to the back four when Kingsley and Lembekisa were able to start getting forward and really start supporting stuff uh, supporting the attack out in the wings. Dundee really struggled to deal with that. It, it, sometimes uh, <clears throat> because the wing back was generally marking either Forrest or Vargas or Oda when he came on, 
and then it left the three-man midfield for Dundee to try and pick up the fullbacks. It's a lot of distance to cover, and when they did that, they just opened up that gap in between the defence and the midfield, and that's where Hearts were really able to hurt them, particularly through Tate. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I hmm. agree with that. I just, I just thought that my, my issue with the starting eleven was probably the lack of Grant. It was, it was hmm, probably yeah. a wee bit too. Uh, the midfield was a wee bit too safe. I know Newenhoff scored, but up until then, wasn't uh, probably wasn't given Hearts what it needed. Denham plenty of energy, but then I was, I just thought, I just thought Grant would have provided a wee bit better, a uh, wee bit better balance to it. And I can see why they went for the back three, just because Dundee had two physical mobile strikers in attack in Robinson and back on Yoko. So you kind of want to have that one player spare. And then and then just with the nature of the game, like you said, Naismith had to change it and he changed it very yeah. well. And you, you you hit it spot on with um, how important the wide players were. That allowed, you can see it in the kind of the, the pass network that how advanced Kingsley was able to get. And also I think it probably helped that Lembakisa was able to start a wee bit deeper rather than you'd get the ball and he'd be the wing back would be straight on him. He could get the ball and have space to drive into. Yeah, definitely, because we know that um we saw plenty of times in the first half as well that when he gets up to speed and he starts driving at his man, it's very difficult to stop him because yeah. not only can he is he comfortable either going inside or outside, he's absolutely happy to do either. He's also happy to cross the ball with either foot as well. You know, it's, it's whether it's a left foot cross or a right foot cross, it makes no difference to him, which just makes an absolute nightmare to play against because you don't know what he's going to do because he's he's literally you know there's, there's four things he might do. He might go inside, he might go outside, he might cross it uh, with his left, he might cross it with his right, and he can do it all at any point. So yeah, that that's what made him so dangerous. And again, yeah, like you say, when he plays a little bit deeper, and particularly then when you get the wingers starting to come, uh, sort of uh, kind of drag inside. Creating that space in behind and behind the wing backs, when he gets going and starts running at them, he was always finding those little pockets of gaps and getting balls into the box. Not many of them found their man in the end, to be fair. But some of them were really good deliveries that just yeah, he's got a good areas, things like that. You know, so some of them were into really good areas. Because I, th- I think in the end, I think off the top of my head, he had nine crosses in, in the game, but I think only one was successful, which obviously not a great rate. But like we say, they were balls into really dangerous areas, and again. Yeah. Just really gave a kind of an extra dimension to Hearts attack and play that again, kind of similar to Tate in midfield. It's just something we've not seen enough, an awful lot of at times this season, and it made such a big difference seeing that and having something to do, able to do that regularly. Yeah, so I, I, I do when when he was when he was signed, you you would have fans understandably saying, "Why don't we just with Atkinson only away for the next few weeks? Why don't we look to Adam Forrester, who's really yeah. high, highly rated within the B team?" But I just think with I just think it was a necessary signing, even without Atkinson being away, because he adds one thing that Hearts lack, and that's pace. That's just yeah. like blistering pace, and you can straight away you can tell he's probably the quickest player in, in in the team, and he gives you so much when you have a player who, especially in the three-five-two system, who will just stay wide. He'll get the ball, and he just wants to go towards your goal. He'll get it, knock it, run kind of old-fashioned winger, but also importantly, when the ball's on the other side, we see with the goal, he's actually getting into, like, those, he's kind of coming in at the back post as well, getting into those dangerous areas, and he balances nicely. If, for example, if you've got Cochrane on the left, left wing back, Cochrane's naturally just, the way he's been playing recently, he's, he's going to be coming in field and kind of get involved on, on the bench. So I do think Limbikisa, I know it's very early, but it looks like a really shrewd signing between now and the end of the season in terms of giving Hearts a profile and attributes that's probably been lacking. 
No, exactly. You know, like it's a bit like, um, you know, we talk about when Alan Forrest was playing at right wing back and we talked about the fact that, you know, he's an attacking player playing at wing back and there's maybe a couple of defensive deficiencies there. That's maybe true of Luan Bikisa as well. I mean, there were one or two hairy moments at the back from a defensive perspective yesterday, but going forward, he's brilliant. But, he's, like, unlike, but while Forrest is quick, like, Lembekisa is rapid. And again, he can use, he can go both ways. He can use both feet. It's a really um, interesting kind of uh, skill set he's got. And there's nobody really else quite like that in the squad at present, I wouldn't have said. So, yeah, I thought he was brilliant from start to finish. Um, again, even particularly in the first half when things weren't going well, I really liked the way that he was always trying to do something, always trying to you know beat his man and you know, get a ball in the bo- get a ball into the box or something like that. You know that kind of forward thinking attitude was just really nice to see and really refreshing to see. And yeah, I think it it, it just he looks like a really clever addition. And like even if he keeps playing like that, even when Atkinson gets back from the Asian Cup, there's no he's not going to walk straight back into the no, team. No, absolutely not. I'm pretty sure Lindbergh got man in a match, didn't he? Yeah, night, and he, he was a, a worthy winner, you know. I thought it was fantastic for the full 90. Just there's a point that so, uh, the Source Networker makes uh, just about Hearts and uh, adapt, uh, their, their, their ability to adapt. Um, and he says that's that's a really strong point. I think that's, that's a really, really good point because you've seen it this season with Naismith. We may, might not have gotten the starting 11 correct, but he is, I think, more often than not, has been able to correct in matches, sometimes it's not come off, but sometimes he's come up with key de- uh, key decisions. Whether it's a change in a formation, whether it's bringing an um, on a certain player or changing a player's position, he's come up with uh, kind of big moments. And as Source Network says, the bench will improve over the coming coming weeks. Just with uh, players coming back from injury, players being signed, players being uh, coming back from the Asian Cup. But I think there's one player who probably epitomizes or personifies the uh, versatility of this Hearts team and uh, none more so than than, than Forrest and as yeah. uh, Liam says here Grant and Forrest should have started yeah, um, certainly agree with uh, Grant uh, with his the, the fact the formation with a 3-5-2 doesn't work without his his vision and ability and then Forrest should start every game and I think this I think there's a strong argument that, uh, that you need to that you can you should try and get Forrest in at the starting eleven on a regular basis because he is being consistent and he's coming up with big moments and he's someone you can he's a, he's a forward to you can rely on. Where it's Nace was talked about the inexperience in the in, in the final third, where Shankland's been the one we've been relying on, but Forrest has probably been the most consistent behind Shankland. And yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely true, and I, I've not got the kind of goals and assists charts to, for the season to back up, but I would imagine that after after Shankland Forrest probably does have the most goal involvements now in, in terms of goals plus assists. Mm. It's, 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 I'd imagine it's him or Vargas, but I'd imagine Forrest has just about pipped them. And you're right, but I think that while he's been a really consistent performer, and while he's definitely been um, he's been getting better and better this season, he's I, I, the, the one the one thing that we always say though is that like, there's not always that end ball. There's not always that final ball, whether that be a shot a goal, whether that be you know a, a good delivery into a teammate to score. It's not always there. Sometimes it's missing. I and mean, obviously last night it wasn't. He finished the game with two assists. He could have easily got two goals as well. He had that kind of overhead kick from the edge yeah. of the second yard box, and then of course he had that disallowed goal as well at the end, where yeah he missed times his run, but you know there's not that much in it, and you know that could easily go in in another day. So you, you look at it and you go, yeah, that was a that was Forrest really firing on all cylinders, and he was absolutely fantastic. And again, I think that the 
one of the things that really impressed me about it was particularly when Oda came on as well, the way that the two of them were happy to drift inside, get into tight little spaces. I mean, look at the winning goal. It comes from Tate plays it up to Forrest. Forrest is at the edge of the box. He holds it up, shifts, slides it across to Oda, and it's a beautiful touching hit to go in. But, you know, that's your two wingers combining basically at the edge of the D, from one side of the D to the other. And but and then that's how that's how Hearts eventually managed to find that winning goal because you had because we know we had Lempikisa and Kings like providing that with anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought it was a really impressive performance from Forrest again. He does go from strength to strength, and you know, again, the one the one criticism you'd have of him is that the final ball wasn't there, but it was on Tuesday night, and if he keeps uh, if he keeps managing to provide that final ball, then there's absolutely no reason to keep him out of the team at that point. Because we've not really spoken about his contract that he signed, uh, was it? I think it was a one-year extension, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? Yeah, so we did uh, to 2020. Was it just to 2025? Oh, maybe it was 26, actually, now you mentioned it. Yeah, let's go for two. Let's go for two. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I'm just, just going just now, but that's, um, I do, I think he's. Um, Aye, right, twenty twenty six. Just he's, he's yep. signed the contract uh, to twenty six. But uh, just short, like on short, it's, I think it's well deserved. I think when if we came into the season and fans would have uh, heard that Hearts were giving out a two year uh, two year extension to Alan Forrest, I think there would have been some eyebrows raised. But his like just everything we've kind of talked about, it's I think it's a reward for for him, and he looks like he's more settled as a Hearts player. Having last season, he was in and out of the team. He played plenty of games, but he didn't start many games. He was a, he was a squad player, but now he's kind of I think an important first team first team member. Um, you mentioned Oda. I think it was a big moment for Oda. He looked a lot more direct. I think we've we've talked about it numerous times the the frustration with him there, but he saw it with with he's, he's in moments he's got real ability where he can turn on and he can produce big, big moments and be that uh, kind of productive forward who can score and assist. So the thing that I really liked about it was he'd been on, when he, so he got subbed on and he'd be on the park for maybe about five seconds and the ball got kind of worked out to him. And the very first thing he did was, um, he, you know, the wing back came out to meet him and he knocked it maybe 20 yards down the line and tried to run past him. Now, it was a bit yeah. optimistic at that time because I, I don't think he was ever going to get that ball, but... The fact they had that statement of intent straight from the off was really brilliant to see. And again, it's something we've not seen. It's something we've been crying out for. We, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We need to be doing more of it. And even though, and the other thing as well with that that initial chance as well was the fact that okay, he immediately loses the ball, but he kept running, kept applying pressure to the point where when the Dundee player then makes the pass, he's got Oda like all over and breathing down his neck. So again, just you know, having that kind of work rate, that relentless drive to get forward and <clears throat> make life difficult was great. And you know, so we, we saw it in it, we saw it straight off the bat, and we saw it another two times as well. Again, when he gets the ball out, out, out wide in the right, there was one point, and um, this was still at 2 2. When he gets the ball, he skips past the Dundee player, comes out to meet him, and he bombs, he dress, basically just drives at goal because he's got so much space behind him. The back, the Dundee defender in front of him was a backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. Oda makes it all the way to the edge of the box and hits a good shot that, um, you know, it's maybe just a wee bit too close to the goalie, but fair enough. And then again, that disallowed goal at 3 2 would have made it 4 2, obviously almost a carbon copy, again, gets the ball inside his own half, drives all the way up to the edge of the box, and okay, he scuffs it this time, and then Forrest taps it in, and it gets chopped off, but again, really, really encouraging, and the fact that it's, it's, well, it's again, similar to Len Bikisa, where when he's driving at players, you know, teams know he can go both ways, again, he's, he's fairly two-footed, and, you know, obviously we saw the goal was a cracker, it was left, 
Um, but it's that way again where defenders are just so clearly full of indecision and don't know what, what to do and they just back off, back off, back off because you can't commit and then you back off so much that by the time you, by the time you go like, um, oh wait a minute, I should really do something here, he's already he's already going to have a shot on goal. So I, I thought that was really brilliant to see again. Obviously the goal will take the headlines because it's a dramatic late winner but it was that willingness to take on his man, that willingness to drive at players. That's what really impressed me from, about Oda last night more than the goal itself, I would say. Yeah, and that, again, I, I feel like I'm getting on his case a lot. It's just because I know there's a talent in there and it's just frustrating when he's not doing it. And it's, defenders would much rather you turn back and pass it back, which he does rather than use his use his ability to go inside and outside, like you said, and, and, and take players on. Before we kind of move on and finish up, we just, uh, I think it's only uh, over the fair we talk about, because uh, Hearts came back to win, Kenneth Vargas's uh, mm. <laughs> effort um, when he went through, because another referee brought it back for a, um, I know he, another referee brought it back for a foul on Owen Dodgson, however I um, I would imagine that if Vargas had scored and he blew back, that, that would have been given as a goal, because there was no foul in it I don't know if he was sparing his blushes but jeez that was a bad finish. That, that that was utterly abysmal. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I was um, like, I wasn't at the game yesterday. I was I was watching on from home, um, and then I was just uh, because I live in Glasgow and all the train trouble and all the rest of it. And I I, I properly shouted and like got out of my seat and was like cl- clasp, clasp, <laughs> like, clasping my head like, oh my god, how's that? What has happened there? And like, I'm normally quite stoic when I'm watching these games. You know, I'm normally quite reserved. I think, and I was just I just couldn't. I, yeah, it was abysmal. It was really abysmal. It's like obviously, you know, ball comes through, just pick a corner and slot it in. It's the easiest goal in the world to score. You know, Janelli scores those all day long. Yeah. And for some reason, he decides to absolutely put his laces through it. So, yeah, the referee's absolutely spared his blushes. But my my, like that was, it's one of the worst misses I've seen this season easily. You know, I, I thought it was quite something. Yeah, it was it was a, it was an emphatic miss. Uh, but yeah, it's um, he, he got let off the hook. He was I think he was still he was still lively as well. Um, yeah, that's thing. He still had a good game, particularly yeah. in the second half. Again, once this once the system changed again, when he started getting one v one with his man, again a lot he was winning a lot of those. And okay, the, once again the ball, the final ball wasn't always there, but it was certainly a lot more encouraging than what we'd seen in the first half. Before we move on, before we finish up a few questions in the comments, uh, I just think kind of talk about the game and uh, the result in general. It was massive coming back for the second time, uh, two goals behind at home to win. So again, question marks about uh, the, there's always been question marks about reliance on Shankland, uh, abilities to score goals, home form. So it's home win. First time in the league scored three goals and none of the three goals were scored by Shankland. None of the last Five goals have been the Spartans game as well. They've been scored by Shank, which again is encouraging. But coming back, coming from behind, when you're probably looking at, especially Hibs and Aberdeen with their games in hand, they're looking at the result at two 0 with Dundee and kind of rubbing their hands like that's that's really good. Gives them heart going into their games on Wednesday night. But the flip side, Hearts coming back. I think that's just it's a real kind of psychological blow for them and a massive boost to the Hearts mentality and kind of just shows that there's there's real character in the squad and it is I think a really tight knit squad as well. No, you're right. I think both those games, like both both the Dundee game and the County game, for different reasons, showed um, yeah, they showed this, this team showed they had got a bit of fight about them. Like you know, I think the Ross County game it was more down to tiredness and legginess. I think that the team were just a bit done in. Obviously, they're coming up against a team that hadn't played in the 
they had the last few games postponed as well, so they were a lot fresher for it. It was coming at a busy time right before the winter break. Everyone's, everyone's just a bit done in, and it looked like that. Again, that was one of those games where Tarts managed to pull themselves back, back into it. They managed to get, find a way. This one was more... It was just, it wasn't quite, it wasn't as if it was tiredness. Again, it was individual errors at the, not individual errors, just errors at the back that were really sloppy that, that gave them a mountain to climb to begin with. But the way that they did respond, the fact that they did come back, I mean, I'm sure I saw somebody on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, so uh, apologies in advance, but uh, somebody saying that's the first time Hearts have come back from two goals down at half time to win a game at Tynecastle since I think it was 2002. You know, so that's over yeah. two decades. You know, uh, so again, Mother, four, two against Motherwell. Was it there you go? There you go. Yeah. So again, you know, it's you know, it, it doesn't happen every day, these kind of performances, these these kind of results. And it's just it's another um really morale building result, I think. You know, these are the sort of results that when you look at the end of the season, you go, that was a big, big three points, or that was yeah. a big point, you know. Just extending this <clears throat> kind of unbeaten run, continuing the, the team's good form over the last couple of months, and you know, ultimately even get getting the three points is just it, it, it is fantastic considering where they were, you know, at the start of the second half. Like you say, I mean, there's one point. Um, I remember uh, Laurie Dunshire on comms for Hearts TV uh, was talking about the weather and it was saying, oh, yeah, it's really cold, it's really windy. You know, maybe the game gets called off. That's probably Hearts' best chance of getting something <laughs> yeah. here. And, you know, and he was right as well. You know, didn't, it looked yeah. well at that point. So I think, you know, to, to turn it around in that manner and, you know, in those conditions in a difficult game, midweek game, it can only be a real morale booster for the, for everyone around the club and it will just give the team that extra bit of belief that they can hopefully motor to third hopefully hopefully so we'll finish off by just just a few questions in the in the chat i'll just i'll just rush through these uh grail mask it the fact Charlie head coach is gone having moral impact on the Fraser deal. So Scott Fraser was at the game last night. I think Hart still are hopeful that he will he will make the move north. He wants to come to the club, which is again it's, it's a it's a big one. I think um Charlton are have have difficulties, I think difficulties off uh, off the field they're the most well run club. Uh, not that Hearts are uh, anything to uh, have not had the experience of that in the past. Uh, but yeah I think Still confident, I think, with the the Fraser deal, and I think Hearts are so hopeful, and both my, myself and James are hopeful because James spent a lot of time uh, right, uh, putting a piece together about Scott Fraser, uh, which is ready for when he does sign. Um, where else? Da, 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 da. Um, sorry, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, I should have had these prepared rather than me just uh, uh, well, right. I think all I will say is that if um, if this Scott Fraser deal doesn't go through, I will never forgive him. Yeah, there you go. I've spent, I've, de- I've already dedicated a working day of my life to him, and I want it back if it doesn't go through. Uh, yeah, well, reimburse you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I can send you down to Charlton, and you can. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just you can share you some. Um, Graham also asks: Is there anything to the story this morning that we will sign Vargas long term? So, what I, uh, from what I know about the Vargas Hearts, have got an option on him. They got an option on him in January, option on him in the summer. It's, um, I think, it's a decent six figure six figure fee. Naismith asked Naismith about it on Friday. I think he 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 views them as a really talented uh, player with a lot of potential. I think we've seen that with his development from coming in to begin with, and uh, his increasing importance to the team, his increasing quality. I do think he's adding kind of consistency to his team, uh, to his game. Remember, he's 
very young, moved halfway across the world on his own. So all these factors have to be taken into account. I think he's really enjoying it. He's adapted really well to it. So I would be very, very surprised if Hearts do not uh, go and uh, do not extend or sort of sign Vargas permanent, take up the option. There has been a beat saying um, Daily Star saying we're keen on Lin, uh, uh, Musi. Uh, I can confirm. Uh, well, I understand Hearts have absolutely no interest in him at all. So I would, I would, uh, yeah. you know, Daily Star also say that you know Elvis is an alien living on the moon and things like that. So yeah. I, w- I wouldn't put too much faith into what they're saying. <laughs> but yes, it wasn't just the Daily Star, but Daily Star were certainly certainly one of them. Uh, Source Dagwar, uh, what is your opinion on the current management? Um, we'll 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 tackle this we'll tackle this question an- another time because uh i am being hounded about a dog that's outside this room so i need to need to get to that but yeah we'll answer answer this question in depth maybe on friday when we preview the aberdeen game but until then thank you very much to everyone who continues to watch subscribe support read our stuff and thank you very much to you james for spending 36 minutes and 40 seconds discussing uh hearts comeback win A pleasure as always.